welcome to the Beers of Bands podcast with your host, Michael Torres. It's hilarious. Like I have this drink sitting in front of me and I'm like just waiting to, to drink it. Oh, and this is Jeff. Yeah. So Jeff's joining. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Jeff, I was just telling Michael uh, that um, I was like planning on taking it easy today and then I threw my back out. <laughs> Oh no. So I hope it gets better before you still have to load stuff in starting for this tour. Yeah, that's right. You guys leave in uh, like two days. Well, because the first show's in DC, so you guys got to take off probably like a day sooner, too. Yeah, we're leaving at like the buck rack of dawn on on Wednesday morning. Um, So packing up super late, or not super late, packing up in the evening tomorrow night, and then uh, we'll be leaving on Wednesday. so yeah, we'll see how that goes. The long drive. Jeez. So we're yeah, we're driving like to uh Pittsburgh and then staying Pittsburgh. the night there. And then um uh we got we got a place that has a like a we got a hotel on the way out there and it has I don't know if it's a nice hot tub or pool, but it has those things. <laughs> so we're gonna make it as nice as possible. <laughs> yeah. They're always like hit or miss, so hopefully it's a good one. Yeah, hopefully it's more hit than miss. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it also i think depends too if uh there's like a number in the name like if it's a motel eight or ho- like motel six i feel like it's a little bit uh a little bit shittier but you can still manage that's a good i i, I gotta look up what this was i i don't think there's a <laughs> there's a number involved and usually like the higher the number you're like are you sure you're <laughs> are you sure you're that good <laughs> like hotel 99 it's like that's well. a good thing that's a good thing <laughs> right. if, if, if there aren't any numbers it's a good yeah. thing i think <laughs> Uh, well, other than that, uh, we'll crack these beers. I'll do the little intro and then bring the two of you in. Uh, so if everyone wants to grab their, their starter here. Right. And in uh, three. In three, two, one. Go, What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers of Bands. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with Death Death Pose out of Chicago. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Yeah, I'm good. Um, for people that might not know, Death Pose, like I did mention, is from Chicago. You guys are uh, self-identified as a heavy as shit band from Chicago, and you know, uh, you guys put on a new record that we'll get to here in a little bit that is full of some goodness, um, even though it's you know kind of a little bit dark but we'll get into that but i feel like we should kind of start more at the beginning and let's start with uh uh who are you and what you do in death pose so i'll start uh my name is jason i am the the vocalist and uh guitarist one of the guitarists jeff is the other one um and i also do all of the majority of like the visual art so all that art direction and uh, visual stuff um for the band yeah And Jeff? And I'm Jeff, and I play guitar in the band, and I do I do some soloing, I do some lead stuff here and there, but uh, I am the other guitarist oh, in Death Place. 
he, he's the more talented one of the two. <laughs> so <I'll say> that. <laughs> he's the one that actually like learned what he was doing. And I was the one that like learned how to play like all oh, Ramones are cool. <laughs> he's like, I have a degree in musicology or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and we're all obviously missing a few members. Uh, who are they and what do they do in Death Pose? Yeah, so we have Alex. Um, Alex is our bassist, backing vocalist, um, and wrote about half half the songs on the album as well. Um, they and I have been friends for a very long time. And uh, our old bands used to play together uh, back in the day in Chicago and around town. Um, and then... Um, our drummer Matt, who Matt Gonzalez, who is on the album, um, is no longer with the band. But we have a new drummer, also named Matt, that's going to be on the tour with us. So we're, we're keeping it simple. Like any, like his name had to be Matt. That was the the main right. <laughs> the main caveat of the. Band. Yeah, everything already has the name Matt on it. We just have to yeah regift it to him, yeah. or just have them legally change their name to Matt. So that's yeah. The... There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, obviously, since they aren't here, like I normally say, we're going to pour one out for them. Uh, by pour one out, I just mean we'll have a drink in their honor since they're not here with us tonight for the episode. So here's to them. And anytime you want to do that throughout, if you want to like just pour one out for, <laughs> pour one out for anybody, you just okay. lead us. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Uh, now, for, for people that might be aware or might not be aware, Death Pose is actually itself a newer band um because you guys originally formed in 2022 as big bird uh i loved going through the the instagram by the way and like all the visuals of like this is dying like deceased <laughs> and then leading up to this new name was was funny as hell to like go through um and you guys you know re-emerged as death pose but for people Jason that... did all that. That was that was really cool. Like like Jason said, he he does all that stuff. And we got a lot of compliments on the transition, which is very nice. Yeah, I think my favorite one was the the headstone. Um one <laughs> I think that was my favorite. Yeah, that um, was the last minute one, the one that says it it, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh but kind of like take me back for like especially for like maybe some people that are in the Chicago area that might have known about you guys from previous projects or they're just now finding you guys like you i mean like i said you guys are relatively uh new we're going to be talking about your debut lp here in a little bit but like take me back to how this group formed and like what it's been like over the past year uh of just yeah. doing big bird to death pose yeah so the band like so i'll take back a little bit further so in 2020 March of 2020, the craziest thing happened with, with COVID. So like, of course, everyone was locked in their in their apartments. Um, I was actually living, this is well before the band started. Um, I was living in Germany. Um, so I lived over there for about 60 years. I was working, I was playing in a couple of different bands there. Um, during the shutdown, which in, in Germany, it was like a hard shutdown, like, could not leave your apartment without a gov like a note from the government, basically, especially Jeez. in the first few months. Um, so it was pretty wild. I mean, like for you could leave like to go to the grocery store and do like a walk around the block, but it was uh, right. beyond that. It was pretty bananas. So myself, like many other people, like I started a billion different solo side projects on my own. Um, and uh, at the same time, I was looking to. You know, I was discussing with my work 
Um, and it kind of like just fell into place of like relocating back to the States um, during kind of like peak COVID, um, which was, I ended up moving back in 2021. Um, and, you know, as I was starting to move back, um, I was still writing and I had like a couple different projects that were just me just farting around. One of them was like a heavier project, which was uh, some of the songs that we started with for, for Big Bird um, and then Death, Death Pose. Um, but then also like some like weird synth stuff, like some stuff that's like the faint-ish, you know, because that's a, it's a band I really love um, or like some acoustic type stuff. So kind of was kicking that stuff around on my own. But then as I made the decision to move back, um, I was already talking with Alex, um, uh, who's not here with us right now, um, about starting a new project with them because we'd been in bands like my old band. Um, I was in a band called the Skyweed Scrape on paper and plastic records. And we did, you know, moderate touring, nothing too crazy. Um, we did a few, a few tours in Europe. Um, and then Alex, the band typesetter also from Chicago. Um, we kind of ran in the same circles back in the day before I moved, um, and we were always good friends. Like we, I lived down the street from Alex um, in Roscoe Village for a while. And then, uh, yeah, we were just kind of kicking around the idea of like, you know, their band was kind of slowing down a little bit, partially because of COVID and then partially just because of other stuff. Um, so we're like, yeah, let's let's do something together, whether that's like this dark synth driven, like dancey kind of shit, or if it's more like this heavy hardcore stuff. And we were we talked through that and we we leaned into what became Big Bird. Um, so we used a few of the songs that I wrote kind of in isolation as kind of as like the starting point, like the little kernel. Um, and then once we all got in the room, um, that's when you know I I'd not known Jeff before this, uh, before Big Bird started. So like I gained a new, you know, close friend out of this too. So Alex and uh Matt had known Jeff and they, they kind of had their own circle. So I was kind of like the new, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm kind of like the new guy. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. Like, I, I feel like the first time we all got in the, the room together, it felt super natural, super natural, not supernatural. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was kind of the start of it. So we, we used those first three songs, um, which we had an EP that we released under the name Big Bird. Um, which again seemed like a great idea at the time. And I can get into that name decision in a second. Um, but then we, you know, once we decided to make the the change to uh, to death pose, um, we re-recorded those for the for the new album um, and kind of let those live on, you know, this lathe cut seven inch that we did that was sold out. There was only like forty copies made, um, so those can only live in that you know, that re little relic or maybe on band camp, there might be a band camp available somewhere. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how some it started. CDs, was. Like some limited CDs. Oh yeah. We do have CDs. Okay. Yeah. As well. I, I have one. A few. Somewhere. Yeah. I have some <laughs> hanging out around here. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Like, so I'll, I'll get into the, the name, the ridiculous name choice of big bird. Um, so before we really knew what the band was, this was just kind of like Alex and I talking like way early on. And we were like, well, band names have always been like the bane of my existence. Like trying to find a name that's like not taken, 
that sounds cool, that isn't super offensive. <laughs> you know, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, a lot of metrics that you have to like bounce things off of. And every name that they or I had was like, would be great. But then, you know, there's another band taken off yeah. with, with that same name. So then Alex actually, <laughs> we were texting back and forth and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just call the man Big Bird. Just because it's like obviously already taken, right. you know, like whatever. And I think they were like half joking, half serious. And immediately I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> like having, having a band that's like heavy, that's named after a Muppet uh, or after a Henson puppet, like is amazing. So we, we care, we like uh, stylize the type with lowercase B, B, and then a period at the end. And we got a lot, got away with it for a while. And then, um, you know, once we were putting this record together, uh, we were shopping it around. And then um, most of the labels we were talking to, like, didn't say anything. And we're like, are we going to get away with this? Like, we might actually get away with being called Big Bird. Um, but then um, it was it was actually like a really good sign that the label that we ended up partnering with, Brutal Panda, um, they're like, you know, we believe in what you do. They love the album, especially for like a new band. Like, you know, we played in Chicago, but like we, we are a new band. Like um, right. uh, we're a new band of people that have been in bands over the years. So it's like we, when we play, we try not to make it seem like, oh, this is their fifth show or whatever. Um, so we're experienced newbies. And uh, Bob at Brutal Panda, you know, was like, you know, we had a discussion with, you know, uh, our, I don't know if they want to call them a legal team, but like, the lawyers that they have that take care of like the the nerdy stuff on, on the label and they're like yeah you can't you can't do that <laughs> basically like you, uh if you were if you wanted to just stay like a band that just kind of putzes around chicago and doesn't want to put out an album like that's one thing but um bob was even like i i love the name i love the name big bird but um we were they were advised like the only way we could release the album under that name is if we had uh, written authorization by, and this is totally fair, by the way, I'm not judging anybody, written right. authorization from Henson Corporation for the legal clearance of the name and for it to be um, fully registered and trademarked through the U.S. government trademark and uh, registration, re registered mark uh, database, which takes time. But then we also ran into the, fun little snag of big bird the puppet being a registered artist on spotify and on apple music so then like there's that overlap where yeah so it was a it was a whole thing i so. i do see how you know like what there's like with what they're saying of like if you want to stay a DIY, diy band yes go for it because i could see a diy diy band doing that and then just doing like all their merch just rip off like Henson merch or just like Big Bird yeah. merch in general. Just look, <laughs> it would look sweet and dope. Um, but I, I totally see like all, all it would take would be like one thing of someone clicking on the wrong Big Bird and then, you know, obviously the real Big Bird people getting involved and just like having a whole shit show with that. Oh. Yeah. And, and like w one thing that like, you know, I come from like playing in punk bands and being like, well, I don't care. But then like the reality of it, especially for a label that's um, 
you know, very chill dudes, but like also very professional and very thorough and gracious enough to put out our album. They, they were like, you know, like it's the added layer is that they're investing in the band. So like when a cease and desist happens, especially if it gets escalated, a lot of times that comes with the destruction of anything that has, would have big bird on it. So then they'd be out, you know, any copies that were left or any merch. Um, and they're like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it now. Like you're, well, you're going to have to do it. So might as well. Right. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it, it was the perfect time to do it too. Like yeah. since the, the full album wasn't out yet, yeah. you had only done like a certain amount of things or a certain amount of time as Big Bird where it didn't, it'd be different if like you had been an established band for, let's say like four years, you have like three EPs out and all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, we're going to do a name switch but we're going to be the same exact people anyways. Yeah. That's where it kind of gets like weird, but yeah, perfect timing. Um, and great for them to, like you said, as, as much as you are part of like that, that, uh, that labels like roster and family, they're also, you're also an investment for them. And yeah, they, they're looking out for big yeah. picture. Totally. And, and like they, and you know, like I've, I've worked and this is no, like not disparaging any label I've worked with in the past, but like, Bob and Jared and Steve from Brutal Panel, like they know their shit. Like um, they've they've been doing it for a long time through like, you know, I will name drop like working with Sony Records and Relapse for many, many years. Like the, these are like, they, they have their, they know what they're doing more than like me just being like, well, it could be kind of funny. And it, <laughs> like one thing with it is like, I, in my little like hamster brain, I was like, oh, it'd be really, really like I want to get like we all talked about it. Like we want to get a cease and desist from Henson or like yeah. from their lawyers. Like oh, that'd be so sick. Like we could like leverage that into any kind of like like free PR. Like oh right. this hardcore whatever kind of band you want to call us um, from Chicago named themselves Big Bird and they got sued by Henson. How funny! Um, and like we had <laughs> we had some ridiculous backup plans of like all right if we get. A cease and desist, which sadly, like, to be like totally upfront, we didn't get a cease and desist. We did it before, um, but like, if we did, we would like we're like, what do we rename the band? We, it could be like Bigger Bird, Biggest Bird, Big Bert. Um, my favorite idea was to rename the band after the lawyer that would have sent us the <laughs> cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> which you know they do they would just been like well come on man yeah. <laughs> like, like no we're you're, you're the band name now <laughs> you did this to yourself <laughs> so that that would have been a good like retaliation yeah. move i feel like yeah. so if anyone's listening and that ever happens to you and you get a cease and assist by anyone just switch it to the lawyer's name just do that what one. are they gonna do see <laughs> you again maybe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so you go through the name change. How do you settle on Death Pose from Big Bird? Like, what 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 was that avenue of like thought process to get to Death Pose? That's a good question, and it's probably less um, uh, less impressive than you <laughs> you might think. So, uh, like I said, like I hate coming up with band names. Like I I used to like like have a like a running list of band names that I would I wanted. And like most of them are taken. Um, Depots really worked out. This was another Alex, our bassist um, idea that they had. And it was, we had two 
working title songs, like new songs that we've been we were writing during the recording process that are not on the album. Um, and one of them was tentatively called Death Pose. Um, the other one, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say because that's probably gonna be the actual song title. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, no, don't song. say it. What was that? It's not the scheme. Don't one. say it. It's the other one. <laughs> no, so um, so yeah, like it was kind of like we we looked at that and we're like, is there is that legally clear? And at the time, especially there was like, you know, there's a lot of like corpse pose, which is a yoga stance. There's a lot of things around that, but death pose or nothing. Um, I think now there's a there's a, another band that uh, has come out after us um, in the same genre, which is uh, great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it was kind of like one of those things of like I, I don't I don't want to say I don't care because I I really do care, but um, I'm personally more invested in like let's have something that's not taken, not super super offensive, and won't get us sued. And that fit and it felt, felt right. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was, I think it was, Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it was pretty much, Alex was like, what about this? And we're all like, yep. <laughs> like it was basically like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at, I, at that point, if there's like a, that quick of a win, I'm like, we're done. <laughs> we're <right>. done picking <laughs> names. <laughs> And I feel like it's such a good name, especially like once, like, obviously, you know, you go into it knowing that you guys are like a heavier band. And then once, once the music starts and you go through it all, and then you're kind of like, oh no, like this, like Death Post makes sense. Like it fits so well. Thank you. Yeah. It definitely fits more than Big Bird. Like Big Bird <laughs> had like the, 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 <laughs> like the, ooh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but you had to like give it a chance. And there, like, there's other bands that I didn't give a chance because of their band name, like until it was like too late. Like bands like Diarrhea Planet, they're <laughs> really, really good. But like that yeah. name is just not great. Um, or it's really great depending on how you look at it. Um, so it's definitely like, yeah, a more appropriate name for, for the band and like is not like you don't have like no one has to do a mental leap or like you know <laughs> cognitive gymnastics to figure out like why why we would call it that <laughs> right. um, but of course like now looking back like shopping the the record around to different labels like even the, the ones that we didn't end up partnering with like it's impressive that anyone even opened our email or responded, you know, like to give us a chance at all. So even even bigger props to to Brutal Panda for uh, for seeing that that light at the end of that tunnel, that big yeah. bird tunnel. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is too, like it leaves it open where if you ever wanted to use Big Bird, all lowercase with you know with the period at the end for a song title, you can always bring it back and use it, throw it in somewhere. Yeah, and you know what? I have like five hundred stickers <laughs> with that name. <laughs> That's we got plenty of merch for that one song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that you know, so all that happens, and then now we're we're, you know, in October of 2023, um, the new album comes out, your debut LP, 
uh, Midnight Society. Uh, it dropped October 20th, so at the time of this recording, it's been out for a little over a month. Um, I mean, obviously you guys have been in bands before. I know you released singles leading up to this release, but like, what was it like to finally get with this lineup and th- this set of songs, what was it like to get this out into the world and be like, this is this is who we are now, or like, this is where we're at in our lives. You might have known us before, but we're now this. I mean, for, for me, it was huge. Like, you know, I put out a lot of, I don't say a lot, a good amount of records um, with previous bands. Um, and um, everyone is very, like every single record is very special. Um, this one I would say is... M- more so for for me personally just because we you know in the recording process we had like a very truncated set of time to record it and we're on a like super tight budget um our buddy jeff dean um, recorded and engineered it and he like you know gave us a great deal because he's a, a homie and he did an awesome job um and we we just put a lot of ourselves into it um and to see that it actually saw the light of day at all is was like really fulfilling but then to also see like to be able to work with a label like brutal panda and like they believe in it and they really love it and you know like no one has to give a shit on the first record yeah the second record yeah maybe there's gonna be more people that are they're given it given an ear but like it was like a great vote of confidence to have some partners with like that and then like for all of us like i know um one of the most satisfying parts of being a musician for me is like holding a copy of my new record in my hand especially a vinyl so i have like i have one it's out of of screen right now but i have it framed on my wall right now um and i have my another one over there my old band which is like it's great for great for radio oh yeah and there we go there's jeff's uh which is blurry right now but yeah like so we're like all vinyl nerds too so um it was great to like it's just like i don't say like validation necessarily but it, it is like it's um and to put some so much of yourself into a piece of art and to have it like actually released and like really at the end of the day if like two people listen to it and love it that's that's then that's the best um and, but then now like to be able to have it out and then we get to go you know really for tour in two two weeks and we get to play with bands like local h and Kowloon Wald city and rid of me and cherubs like all these like sick bands that i actually like paid to go see Kowloon Wald city a month before I knew we were going to get to play with them. Like I, that like, so it's, it's unreal. Um, and then, yeah, for local age, like that band has just been the best. It was um, also very special. It, it was also very special because our, our first show ever as, as Big Bird was at G-Man Tavern where uh, Alex, the bass player and I both bartend at, and that was our first show we ever had and and that show sold out and then we had our record release also at g-man and it it also sold out so it was just it was very heartwarming for all of us and it was just a big you know just kind of like a a home home base and like a family location and know we have a lot of support here in chicago and so it it, it was it was awesome yeah totally yeah and 
G-Man, so if anyone's listening and they have not been to Chicago, um, G-Man Tavern, which is part of Metro family, um, which is Metro is the best venue in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, G-Man is one of the very few bars I ever leave my house to go to. <laughs> so <laughs> it is my favorite bar in Chicago. So if you're if you ever go to Chicago, please go to G-Man. <laughs> Same owner as Metro, and it's yeah. it's right next door to Metro. So it's where everybody goes before they go to Metro and after they go to Metro. Everybody goes to G-Man. So, yeah, okay. this is the best oh, place. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of G-Man, so I'm, I'll try and add it to the next time I'm in Chicago to the list. I, yeah, I, for sure. So far, from all my time being in Chicago, like going to shows, I've only gone to uh, Sub-T and Beat Kitchen so far. Those are great. Those are great. I used to live right down the street from Beat Kitchen. Um, one of my oldest friends books at both of those places, uh, John Ugolini from Kickstand Productions. Um, like we, I've known him since high school or I guess college. Um, but yeah, Beat Kitchen is like one of my favorite venues to go to as well. Like, so it's, you, you've, you've picked the right ones already so far. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, uh, that, that's awesome. Also like getting to have, your you know record release because really you could have that anywhere but to get to do it at what you consider like your home base like your your go-to spot especially like you and alex working there like that adds so much more to share that moment with all of your friends that come out like that's amazing that you know you're able to, to do it for that for not only record release but also big birds for a show because you know like it just adds such more sentimental value to that Totally. Yeah. And it makes, uh, sure. makes the hangover all that much more sweet. The next <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, why do you smell like so much Fernet? <laughs> well, I basically bathed in Fernet last night. So. You guys aren't doing just Malort shots the entire time. No, like, um, once in a while. yeah, once, once in a while. while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I if I if I do a shot, it's always either Fernet or just whiskey. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll always do a Malort shot, especially if there's someone from out of town that's never done one. It's like, well, yeah. let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember my first the first time I had Malort, I was at this punk festival in the Quad Cities, and the like the brewery that it was at. I don't know how long they had started getting Malort, but it was like they had a deal going on. So my buddy was like, dude, I'll get you a shot. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And like not even knowing the like the lore behind Malort or anything like that, I just like took it just right away, like didn't even smell it or anything, and then immediately regretted that entirely. <laughs> so then I obviously had to buy him one and get him back. So I, I think I had like two Malort shots that night, and I was already yeah. pretty tanked, and I, it was – not a fun time uh but i also <laughs> no. feel like any anytime someone's not new to Malort, i'm always like yes you should definitely have a shot of that yeah but now i i, I, I don't know i don't know jeff if you if you think this way but like i i've really grown to love it like it's it's not like my the one i reached for but like it's just like uh it's less shocking as as the more you have it and it's like it's but it's like i'm like it's fine as a uh <laughs> a, 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 as a bartender it is it's like the first one you take it's always everybody has that they call it the malort face 
but yeah. as a bartender and when you do them it's an acquired taste but the more and more you do it then you just then you really start to love it and it's good for your stomach it's a good you know digestive and it's actually like i love it now so it's like it it's funny to me when everybody's like you get to watch people that come to chicago and have their first one but like for me it's like i'll do one with you because i don't <laughs> mind it at all and then yeah every 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 one you do more and more it, it gets a little better and better <laughs> i i have heard that but i feel like you guys are a little bit more biased because obviously you know for everyone that knows more it, it is a chicago thing through and through it's slowly getting further out of like the chicagoland area into other cities i think we finally got more here in in minneapolis like last year or or 2021 um it, it's you know it's it's approaching places yeah it, it's wild for I've a while like you could you could only get it in chicago and then now i think they right they increase their distribution because like for a while like we we play at the fest um in gainesville like that's like kind of our like um family reunion every year we played there last year and this this year and the year before and like for whatever reason, like there's a lot of people from Chicago that go down there, but like they're like people are like bonkers over Malort. They're like, oh, like 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 people like want people to mule it down for them or like but before you could get it. And people would just be like all about doing shots of Malort. And so we go down there, like we're from from here. And this isn't like talking down about anybody that, that enjoys it, but we're just like, Yeah, it's fine, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, or it's not, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy with the spray maybe. bottle in Fest in Florida. The guy had a he had a spray bottle and was like like spraying people's mouths and like here. You've never had Malort here, and then he walk around and like spray. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Johnny. I, that's a buddy of mine that I, I like. Of course, like hadn't seen him in person. I don't know if ever. And then I like we were like hanging out, and he was like. Do you want some of this? It's like, by the way, we know each other. <laughs> I was like, I don't because it's 10 a.m. <laughs> but it's great to meet you in person. <laughs> Jeez. Um, there, there's this one guy I see on TikTok every one, once in a while. He goes by like the, I think it's Unemployed Sommelier. Um, he he first started out his, his like TikTok channel, you know, like kind of showing like some different wines and stuff like that. And then he, people would like suggest like mixed drinks for him to like try and go through and then he got to a certain point where everyone started suggesting malort he got his hands on a bottle and he basically for like the longest time you just see this guy go down into like a downward spiral it's it's really (laughs) funny because you know you know hopefully that it's an act but like he he started out with like shots of malort and then people started sending in like mixed drink versions with just malort and like he would just do them and take it i think one he did I think the last one I saw, he, someone suggested it's like Malort mixed with uh, Hidden Valley Ranch packets. Oh, it makes, <laughs> yeah, it makes like a ranch Malort, and uh, yeah, he did that, and it was, it was hard to watch. Oh, no. um, it, but you're probably like watching someone's soul leave their body. As you <laughs> yeah, you can that. you can see it happen as you go through his videos. It's 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 terrifying, but also very enjoyable yeah <laughs> oh but uh but anyways enough about malort back to midnight society uh you know it's 
uh, and I don't want to butcher it. It's 13 songs, and like I kind of mentioned towards the beginning, it's, I know we're having a good time. Midnight Society is, you know, has this kind of like dark lyrical content theme around it, but then it's overlaid with like these amazing just guitar riffs and like you guys are killing it on guitar for this whole album um obviously you know most out like with every album first few listens you just listen to a lot of the instrumentals and then try and get a a focus on what the lyrics are especially with you know like your vocal style where it's not just like coming through clean the entire time you got to kind of go through the the waves to get it but also i want to say thank you for putting the lyrics on Bandcamp because as as someone that does this in my position when i listen to anyone's music i'm always like oh, i kind of want to like know what the lyrics are as like i go through this to kind of read along and everyone just stopped doing that so i appreciate that you guys did that <laughs> definitely yeah i uh I, i'm at the point where like if i'm if i take the time to write it down anywhere i might as well just like copy and paste it somewhere else but then you yeah, also like to get any any points or or themes across it's I think it's important. So I, I appreciate that you appreciate it. Uh, my mom does not so much appreciate the the way I sing in this band. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but uh, beyond that, yeah, it's 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 been a pleasure for sure. Um, yeah, and like the yeah, like one thing like with the lyrically, it does lean definitely more more dark. Um, there isn't one that's like one like theme per se that's like a red thread throughout this album it's not it's not a concept album or anything like that but it's definitely um one of like as we were piecing it together you know we were very intentional on track order and overall flow um but then the the title itself uh midnight society is a more than a nod but it's it's just a lift from um uh are you afraid of the dark uh the old nickelodeon show so they the, the kids that would sit around the fireplace telling stories um they were called the midnight society and every t- every episode would start with you know submitted for the approval of midnight society they present and then they tell the story um so yeah one of one of the ideas behind just the, the title itself was like this this concept of different stories that are all moderately fucked up in different ways or moderately like critical of different institutions or ways of thinking or ways of being brought up things like that um just looking through through different lenses but all like these different stories that kind of you know weave weave it together and the one little uh hidden I don't want to say it's an Easter egg at all, but that we have a, t- a song called Un- Untitled, which is um, the start track of side B. But it, so it's basically like right in the middle of the album as you stream it. And um, musically, that's kind of like a prelude to the next song, which is called Steady As Ever. So it's based off of that um, that chord progression and um, the melodies in there. But then in the background, there's like a lot of, different layers that are um, distressed and stretched and kind of like manipulated. And that was taken from, we might get another cease and desist now. We might, that was taken from the original theme song from uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, so that's like 
I would say like that's kind of like the the one if there if there is a red thread, just like that's kind of like what what pieces it all together. Um, but yeah, it's not like a lyric lyrically as you read as you read through the lyrics and as you listen to it, it's not something that you probably walk away with like, oh, I'm gonna go like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, have a good day today, <laughs> which is funny because like, I, I don't know if you can pick this up on, from me or not, but like, I'm a generally like a very happy-go-lucky kind of doofus. <laughs> so um, I'm not like a brooding in the corner type, you know, dumb dick. Um, I'm a different kind of dumb dick. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I said, I thought it was a great album. Um, you know, obviously Brief Candles, you start with that song on the album and it, it hooks you so well and it like pulls you in and it's like, we're, we're going to go for this ride and you don't, you like, you, you start that song and you're like, okay, I need, I need to see what's next. And it just takes this amazing journey. Obviously it's not like, a, like you said, it's not a full concept album, so you're not getting that, but just instrumentally and lyrically, like it, it's a great listen to. Um, I did enjoy the little things you guys kind of did in it and it's the stuff that I always like pick up on like especially I think it's at the end of double hockey sticks you have like that almost like ominous voice at the very end um, that says and I have it up or at least I did uh, to save a wretch like, like me oh the, the very end where it says lift it up yeah lift it up like it, yeah it, it's so ominous and just comes out of nowhere like I love that little that little part um, like where did that idea come from to add that in so that, that's a really great question um so that song was one of the original three that i i wrote like the the core bones of it in in isolation um the other ones are quadrophenia part two and imperfect contrition um but double hockey sticks was one that uh yeah of course didn't really come to full full life until we were all in the room together but um that song you know in general like of course I'm truncating a lot of this is like it's uh I, I grew up in a very you know more religious background um so I would like play in the church band and things like that at uh youth group and stuff like that and um uh this is simplifying what that song is about but you know, a lot of it was like, I'd be playing in the, this, this hip band at this hip church. And then you know, every week I'd be given a new sheet of music to play. And I didn't realize until like well into my time there that I was playing like Smash Mouth songs and Vertical Horizon and like other songs that were being reappropriated for a different message that was completely separate from the original intent of that. Um, but then as I was playing it, I would see these I, I will say seemingly genuine responses from people having an emotional reaction to those songs, but through a different lens that wasn't really, it wasn't intended for. Um, so that, that song in general, again, the very broad stroke is about you being critical over repurposing things for an unintended purpose and God washing or religiousizing things that were never meant to be religiousized. And then kind of the irony of those pop songs about basically a girl or a boy causing this emotional reaction, which is valid, but for, for, for what reason? And then, um, 
yeah, that culmination of lifted up is like, there's a lot of like, lift up your hands, lift it up to a higher power, but then also like, what are you lifting up? Like, is it, is it genuine or is it genuine to you? I mean, like, it's, it's more of like a big question mark for that song, I guess is like, right. um, anyone's interpretation of, of that and their own experience can be very valid. Um, but it's, uh, definitely a, a more critical lens than a positive one, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and then I know we kind of talked a little bit about Untitled um, already, but in like the beginning, there's like this, and this is just me like wanting to know all these things too, but uh, like there's this like sound of like, and I can't pinpoint it. I can't tell if it's just like cans hitting each other or like, I was almost thinking like maybe silverware <laughs> going exactly, into like a, a thing. That's almost exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so Matt, Matt, our old, our, our, our old drummer Matt was he he's really into percussion and he he loves to just just nerd out and have things in the studio so all the noises you're hearing a lot of it is like literally like oh there's an old license plate hanging over there give me that and then his keys and then and he'll like just ring them together and just find things but it's like it is kind of an art because he really loves the percussive side of things you know and it's I mean, so a lot of that stuff is just kind of objects that we that we found around the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. It's like it's it's so funny that you picked up on that because that's like that's exactly what it is. Like it was. Um. So we recorded. I I recorded all the vocals for us in our in our practice space. All the music was recorded in a proper studio, but then vocally and like any auxiliary percussion things like that, um, keyboards was recorded in our practice space because I had a, at that point I had a very very nice microphone that I no longer have um but yeah Matt like as Jeff said like he was like give me that license plate I'm gonna put my keys with my carabiner do you have any trash <laughs> he would just like put all this stuff and then I actually I still have video I took video of it just because I'm like I want to remember this um but yeah like it's layered in a way where it's it's meant to sound chaotic and trashy but then also like dialing it up in certain places and dialing it back in others but um yeah i guess we were not so sneaky you figured it out right away <laughs> well my, my other thought was that it was like and this could just be because like well now like i mean anyone can be a server or anything like that but i almost thought it was like uh like silverware going into like like uh I can't think of the right word, but you know, like when you always think about like serving, you, there's always like a, that big old cup that has like all the silverware in it. For some reason, I was thinking like that getting thrown into like silverware getting thrown into one of those, but like, it's cool. One that like Matt or Matt, uh, yeah. was it Matt? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. takes all those and can kind of just create something, but it also, you know, you, like you kind of mentioned untitled is that like, it's almost like an interlude, but intro into the next song. It's it's right at the start of, of the B side. It just like does the add that little bit of chaotic moment where you're just like seeing what's going to happen. And then, it you know, because it's it's I think even still as as that if yeah, it's a minute 40. So it gives you that chaoticness at the beginning and then it kind of goes into like that. Uh, repurposed sound from are you afraid of the dark uh which now i need to go back and listen to the actual 
afraid of the dark because i can't pinpoint it in my mind as like what what that theme song was originally like but it it works very well in that is what i'm getting at cool that's that's great that's great to hear thank you um yeah and uh it's funny you, you mentioned song length like that's something that a lot a lot of the songs on this album are on the shorter side there's a couple that are like in you know comparatively they're very long like revisionist i think is over four minutes like four something um i um i have a tendency when i when i write to write like way i, I kind of overwrite and i need to like strip back what i do so like generally when i bring an idea to the room i'll have something demoed at home and it's going to be like between three and four and a half minutes um Alex, on the other hand, will bring an idea that's like a minute and 10 seconds. And they'll be like, this is it. <laughs> Don't change. <laughs> Don't change the length. Um, so it's definitely like, it's been great. Like with all of us working together in the room with th these ideas, kind of like meeting in the middle and like coming up, like Jeff will come up with like a sick new like riff or lead part that we'll like want to like bring into uh, evolving things. So, um, but then like, one thing that I don't know how I feel about it right now is that I wrote out a new song and I was like, Oh, this is cool. It's like, here's a new idea. And it ended up being like two minutes long, which for me, that's, that's about two minutes too short. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to like, I have like a identity crisis on my hands. I think. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's it's a 13 song LP, but it's I think it's only like 37 minutes, which sometimes yeah. when you think about, you know, especially being 13 songs for an LP, you assume that it's going to be at least like 45, maybe 50, but nope. like it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like 37 is like a great like number. It's not too long. It's not too short. You yeah. have the songs in there. Like you said, revisionist is like four, four and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have like songs in there that are, are long, but I feel like you guys do really well of coming in doing what I do and then not like not drawing it out to the point where like you kind of get tired of a song um or anything yeah like that. yeah and like that's that's one thing that I, I've always tried to lean into especially like with my old bands too is like um sometimes you'll play in like I don't want to say middle of nowhere but let's say you're playing in Iowa and your you know your band goes on at like 9 p.m on a tuesday and there's five other bands and i i've had the experience of like other bands being like oh no pe people are here let's play let's play an hour like everyone play an hour when if someone's there to see you play an hour sure but then like if you were like like us well, like we're generally an opening band um at this stage at least like we want to it's it's more important to be like get in get out and leave an impression right. like you don't want someone to be like checking their watch checking their phone um and it's better to kind of trim the fat where you can and i know, I know we had we had a few other ideas that we could have included in like the development of the album but we made the call of like this is the right length and even like Rat Nest was kind of a, that was the last full song that we wrote together. And we, that was one that I, I, I brought to the room and it was basically not, 
it wasn't unchanged. There were there were a few minor things, but in general, structure, length, like cadence, uh, dramatic arc, all of that was the same. Um, and that was I think we finished that like just before we went into the studio. And the uh, the other one was um, the last track on the album, this time tomorrow, which is like one that I I wrote at home, and I was like, this is either going to be a nice ending to the album or I'm going to bring this to the room and everyone's going to be like, get the fuck out of here. with this." <laughs> so um, thankfully it was met with, you know, warmness. And then of course, like us working together on, um, cause that's the last track on the album starts acoustic and it's much softer and uh, still, you know, dark, but then, you know, towards the very end full band hits and it gets, it gets kind of gnarly. Um, yeah, I think that kind of like made it the right length because any shorter than that, it would be, it wouldn't feel, it would feel like a full length, but also it's like um, a, a little too short. And then for our, our first record, like we don't, we didn't want to do like a 45, 50 minute record um, for this style of music, at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that you brought up this time tomorrow because it's also on my list of, of talking points because it does start out, you know, acoustic for like the first half and then the whole band comes in, which I really loved because it, it, obviously you listen to the whole album and it, when you get to this time tomorrow, it throws you off because it does start on that acoustic softer note and you're like, okay, like, let's see where this goes. You know, it kind of ramps up, brings everyone in amazing song in general. And then also to end off the album right after it's still technically in this time tomorrow. Um, you know, the track ends, it sounds like you put down like an instrument and then you kind of just, it sounds like you walk out of the room, shut the door and like leave. And that whole little touch, um, I don't know about what about what it is about it, but like I had a friend or well, someone else that was on the podcast recently and their album, they get to a point where like the song like starts skipping. So you hear them like, uh, like pull the needle up and like kind of just blow off the record and then put the needle back down. So it like takes you out of like the listening aspect. It, it adds like this whole new like dimension to it. And you guys adding that in um, took me back to like that weird way of looking or listening to an album. And it's just like this nice little feature that no one else is really doing. Not a lot of people are doing it. And I just really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Thank you. Like it, it, it's, and it's funny, like when we did that, we were also like, this is very like, I'm a huge, well, two parts of that. Like, so I'm a huge AFI fan. I know Alex is too. And like a lot of AFI's albums, they'll be like pretty heavy hitting. And then the last track will have more softness and then like really build. Um, and that, that's, I might've been ripping them off a little bit when I wrote that. But then the idea of like the, ending in the moment and then yeah and it was exactly what you said like it was um we of course did that take separately but um it is me putting down my guitar on a stool um walking across a very squeaky floor that was the the studio that we recorded in um it's a great studio but just the floor is not meant to be walked on when you're recording and then closing a very squeaky door and then ending um and that was one thing that's like very, another band that I loved growing up and still do um, is Bright Eyes. And like, it's of course a very different style of music than what we do, 
but they they've especially in their earlier albums have a lot of like in the room type sounds and atmospheres and you you feel like you're kind of there with them um and that was something that um i think that might have been alex's idea too to put that at the end um where it was like well let's try it and if it sounds really fucking stupid then we can always <laughs> we can always cut it out um but then when you know, we did one take of that of me just walking out and closing that door and then once we heard it in playback we're like well that is how the album ends for sure <laughs> so yeah yeah it's like a nice little like end cap to to the album like it makes you almost feel and maybe this is what i was trying to get at is like uh it almost makes you feel like you were playing to us the entire time and like it's over so like you've now left the building quote unquote um so to speak and i don't know like as i don't don't know if it's just because like you know i listen to a lot of music and obviously i do this i I enjoy music but it just has that nice little like feel to it um that i just yeah Yeah. it was was super cool so that's great i'm happy that you guys kept it in i i am too and i'm glad to hear that we're not the only ones that think that (laughs) um and yeah because like these all the stories that are told you know throughout these songs um they're of course very personal to me but the the whole point is that they can ideally speak to other people and that people can relate to it and it's almost like these stories are being told to you in this intimate environment um which is you know on the face or on the, the earlier side is very chaotic and can be kind of cacophonous and then at the end it kind of you know winds down but you're still you're still with us and makes it you know like a a personal ideally a personal experience um yeah the the one fear i had was like you know going from the track before uh this time tomorrow into that one is like are people gonna think that the album changed and it's like spotify's like Switch next artist <laughs> recommended artist and you're like well, what is this <laughs> who's this dork <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's always a gamble but uh it's it, it's cool that you guys started that well ended off the album in like an acoustic format and you know kind of changed it up instead of just doing another like riff heavy song throughout um because obviously you said like afi kind of does something similar but not a lot of bands I feel like besides them um, are really doing that. Usually it's like, Oh no, like we're, we're a heavy band. We're going to do heavy shit throughout right. the entire thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it shows you guys a range and dynamic. So. Thank you. I, although I, I will say now that I, w- I was thinking about it, like, well, and this, this, that's a guitar that I used on the album, the acoustic. Um, but I, I was just thinking about um, one of, one of our big influences is every time I die. And I was like, they've never really done that. And then I just realized like on their last album, they did, they did, had a song called uh thing with feathers. That's not acoustic, but it, it is more chilled out. And then it um, kind of gets big. So I hope I didn't rip that off too much, <laughs> but I have to go back and listen. So maybe you have to cut that part out. of this. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, one question I used to ask, um, especially like on, you know, the earlier episodes of the podcast is the warp tour question, but I'm going to kind of alter it a little bit. Obviously you guys, uh, have played fest, play fest, all that fun stuff. Um, which also 
I'm sure it was like a whirlwind week for you guys in 2023 because you know you released the album on the 20th and then you go down to fest to play yeah all within like a week of of each other like that's that's got to be a great like feeling uh through all that but let's say you know fest next fest this year since this episode comes out in 2024 fest of 2024 happens and you guys are playing let's say like on saturday so you're you're trying to get people to come to your show uh and you're you know checking out lines doing all that fun stuff kind of like what people used to at warp tour so you know the question would be if you had 30 to a minute 30 seconds to a minute of someone's time in in the line to say hey i'm so and so i play in death pose we're playing tomorrow at this bar here's some headphones check out this song what song would you play for them to try and hopefully get them to come to your set that's a great question um i would say um well first to your earlier note about like that being a bonkers timeline of doing the release the release show release and then going down to fest it was wild one thing that was not great was um fest is like is my personal favorite weekend of the entire year um partially because of all the music and getting to play but then also like just running into to friends so what wasn't great for me was we played on sunday this year and we get we got in on thursday so we we're partying and hanging out and being loud and obnoxious for several days um and i don't i think i have like a good governor on my my brain and on my voice but then like the night before we played jeff and i went to go see braid and like i just went ape dong and it's like we were like singing along to every single song and i pretty much blew out my voice singing out to braid which is a very different from big band from us so that was great this next year um i'm hoping that we get to play and we'll play Friday or Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. But to your to your question of yeah, like if we had 15, 30 seconds, a minute of, of a song to share with somebody, um I would say probably steady as ever. Um, because that's a song that's like very quick uh in terms of pace, but also there's a lot of different things happening in it and a lot of like I hate to use the word angular guitar work, but there's like a lot of like really interesting riffs and like calls and responses, both vocally and musically. Um, so that's that's what I would say. Um, Jeff, I don't know, what, what would you pick? Um, for me, it's kind of a not one that I would have originally expected for me, it would have been Rat Nest. Uh, it would be Rat Nest uh, because it it was kind of a song that uh, almost didn't make our record. Like we, it was kind of one of the last songs, and Jason brought in ninety percent of the idea, and then we all kind of worked it out in the room, and then uh, you know we kind of just you know we just kind of tooled around with it a little bit, and then. It became kind of, you know, now we have a lyric video out for it, but to me, it became like one of my personal favorite songs to play. And it was like, it's always kind of cool when it's, when it's one that is like, you, like you didn't expect to be, you know, 
maybe even on the record, but all of a sudden it's one of your favorites. So it's, it's kind of cool how that all, all, all took shape for all of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's a good rat nest too. I, I, that's one of my personal favorites from their record. But then also like for Fest in general, like for anyone that's been there, like it's so challenging to, I mean, in the best way possible. It's it, like Fest is such a challenging time to like, there are over 300 bands playing over this weekend right. and you want to see all of them and then in between like you'll be going from venue to venue because it's not like it's all small clubs you'll be like all right i gotta go see you know whoever across town not across town across the street but then on the way there you'll run into someone you haven't seen in two years so then you'll be like well let's shoot the shit let's hang out and then then it's three hours later and you missed seeing you know Braid <laughs> or like whoever uh i'm the avalanche or whatever right um so yeah like I, I would say even that is like come check us out but also like enjoy your time <laughs> like, yeah. hopefully you enjoy your time with us <laughs> but i totally get it for uh the con the conflicts there yeah 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 no yeah it's, i fest is kind of hard to to do that question with but you know since you guys are obviously warp tour we're in 2023 it's dead it's probably not going to ever come back fest is still going everyone else that's alive should go to fest i have yet to go to fest it's it's been on my list for many years you gotta uh, come i dude i i fucking need to uh yeah it's the, it's the it's the best it's my like only speaking for me it is my favorite weekend of the year hands down like i will even if if death pose doesn't play heaven forbid <laughs> i will be there like I, it's you got to come. Well, uh, next time when I finally make it to uh, Fest, I will for sure let you guys know. We'll we'll get a cocktail or a beer in person, and you know just have a good Heck time. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I mean, I have, I have friends that are in Minneapolis that fly down every year for it, so I just need to coordinate with them. The only other fest that I would go to instead of the fest is uh, Focella, which happens in Bowling Green, uh, Ohio every year i think ne i think 2024 is year six but it's more like a, it's all just like diy emo bands for three nice. days um but those Bo two are like i'll check that first. out yeah. yeah you gotta send me a link to that yeah. i want to i want to check yeah. that out <laughs> all right we'll do <laughs> yeah i'm curious too about that i haven't heard about that yeah it's it's been pretty i mean this year well 2023 and i feel like 2022 like really started to pop off but like there's a lot of good like diy emo bands that are playing it um it's actually kind of funny because there was like a meme that went around for a little while that like was making fun of like actual coachella and someone like made a meme like naming it focella and like someone had commented like oh watch you're gonna get a cease and assist but really the focella fest that's been happening in bowling green had been going on for i think four years already at that point <laughs> uh so it was kind of one of those like if you know you know jokes but uh but yeah i'll, I'll have to send you guys some information about that because it, it's pretty sick i just pulled it up as you were talking and yeah i'm that's that's that looks awesome to me yeah <laughs> um but uh you know we've kind of talked a lot about you know death pose uh midnight society um and before we transition i know I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. So is there anything between Death Pose, Midnight Society that I might have missed that you guys want the people to know about? 
Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to say no. I don't know. Jeff, did we miss any? I could see the problem is I'll just ramble forever. So I'll, I'll ask Jeff to stop me. <laughs> I mean, I would just say, I don't know if, if uh, I don't know when this is going to air or whatever, but we're, we're leaving in two days for our tour for, you know, the East Coast, Midwest. So if anybody, I'm sure you'll post the dates or whatever too, but if anybody hears it and wants to see us in the city that they're nearby, we're going to be, we're going to be out and doing it for a couple of weeks. So I think this will be out. You said, uh, in, you said yeah, it's going to like be out end, in 2024. End, so we'll yeah, just say like, January, you fucking missed it. Oh, yeah. never so mind. It, it was a sold out. It was a sold out tour. Everyone missed it. Cut that, but... out. <laughs> cut, cut that part out. All right, we'll cut it. <laughs> no, but we will be doing more, more stuff for sure. Like, so we have this, this run, which, you know, as, as your list, as our listeners hear this now, you know, we're home from a very successful tour with these awesome bands, uh, but we're, we're looking to do, you know, some more dates um, throughout the U.S. And then we're planning on some stuff in, in Europe uh, in spring of next year. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And then uh, obviously, you know, Midnight Society at the time of this recording has been out for a little over a month. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be out for almost two, almost three months. But like, what's musically like what's coming next for for you guys like this has been in the works for a little while uh you know some like we kind of talked about some of the songs were originally big bird songs now they're all death pose songs um but like what's what's next on the horizon besides tours musically yeah so right now um we're ma we're mainly focused on currently on on this this tour uh, but beyond that um essentially just yeah writing for lp2 um the drummer change up kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in our our timeline um but it is what it is you know there's no bad blood at all on on either side um the goal originally was to do pre-production for lp2 in january of 2024 or december of 2023 which we're in right now uh so obviously that's not happening, but um, yeah, there's no shortage of ideas, you know, between between all of us and the band. So we're we're going to continue writing um, much in the similar vein. Um, one thing that we need to, well, we don't need to. I was going to say we're going to try to rein Alex in a little bit on is their feeling of having to always change time signatures within a given song <laughs> which can be a little challenging for uh for recording or playing to a click track but um that's more just me uh jabbing them um <laughs> yeah but basically just writing um and then uh wanting to play out as much as possible um given you know our lives and you know other stuff we have going on so we're more about like when we play, we want to, you know, tour smart, not hard. Or if we, we tour hard, it's going to be smart as well. Um, right. But making sure that we're not, um, you know, because I, you know, I'm 40. By the time people will hear this, I'm 41. So you can, a lot, of, I hear a lot of laptops slamming shut immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so we're, we're a little on the older side because we've, we've been around the block a few times uh, musically. Um, 
so yeah but but still wanting to play out in every every town every city possible so yeah uh well hopefully we get to see you know death pose in a lot of cities uh you know in 2024 and beyond uh obviously like you talked about possibly doing a uh, european tour that'd be that'd be sick uh that was i know that's like a bucket list item for like a lot of bands so hell yeah yeah it, it's funny like so i'm a little spoiled because i lived over there but like before i lived over there i was like i was like man if i can play there if i can play one show I, i'm done i could i could hang it up and i played one show and i was like i want to do that again and then did another <laughs> one like it was because i did like a one-off show with my old old metalcore band and then I've been back a few times, but then now, like every single time I'm like, I just want to go back. It's the, it's the best hospitality is the best. The people there are amazing. That's part of the reason why I moved there. So we are confirmed on a festival of a very good friend of ours. I won't say their name because it, we haven't been announced on the lineup yet, but um, it's in Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> I'll just give oh, that yeah. big one away. So anyone that would know a festival that we would be playing at so it's we've confirmed and canceled two different times for okay. shows over there so this one no matter what we're going <laughs> we're, we're gonna do it uh, and if we don't then i'll tell you <laughs> then i'm a liar i yeah. guess well everyone hold them to it if you don't see them on that lineup Please uh, when it gets announced but no that's awesome that you have that connection and you're you know you're able to, to go do that um you know uh you know before we transition like i just want to say one more time everyone go listen to death pose go listen to midnight society uh go get copies of the vinyl there's three super dope variants out i know we saw jeff's i think you had like the the red swirl um then there's the the band exclusive that's black and white and then there's one other one um there's a pure white one yeah too that's, yeah the pure white one yeah um that i feel like they all came out super sick and uh we'll talk links a little bit later but everyone go grab a copy of those and be ready for everything that's coming out um but as we start to transition this is obviously beers with bands you don't have to be drinking on these episodes because i would definitely do that for you but i know you find gentlemen have some uh some drinks in front of you uh not necessarily uh full beverages oh i guess it's still a beverage not beer i guess entirely but that's okay what are you guys drinking on this fine Monday night? Jeff, you start. What do you got? Jeff, what are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> you hear me? I'm sorry, my 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 internet is a little unstable right now. It froze. Jeff's drinking a me? pint of Malort. <laughs> That's I what we'll say. Uh, oh, God. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm back. I did a, uh, a three Floyds. This is the uh, Speed Castle. It's their lager, which is delicious. Okay. And then I actually cracked into another for the holiday spirit. I, I cracked into a second one. And now I'm doing the Spiteful, which is a great brewery here in Chicago. This is, uh, this is called their Jingle Balls. And this is a, a, a winter ale with spices, and it is also delicious. <laughs> nice. Uh, for me, my my drink is empty, sadly, as you can see. Well, there's a little second drink. Yeah, there's second drink in there. Second drinks. <laughs> um, so that what, what that was, it's called a Rum River Mystic. So it's um, 
one ounce of rye whiskey, one ounce of um, rum. So uh, Ron Methuselah, I believe it's from Dominican Republic, uh, three quarter ounces of beer quinquina, or quinquina, which is like a vermouth, and then 0.25 ounces of Benedictine uh, with a few different kinds of bitters. Um, and it's very like brown and strong, kind of stirred and uh, delicious. This is the, uh, of our band, and Alex and I are, are actual, that's what we do for a living. We're bartenders. Jason is not a professional bartender, but also is an, uh, he, he is professional bartender at home. He makes all the delicious cocktails at home. And he always impresses me with, with that, res that recipe <laughs> right there. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds delicious. And it's like, I think I, for all the episodes that I've had and any time that someone's been like, oh, we're just going to do like mixed drinks or something. They're usually just simple, like just rum and Cokes, you know, like <laughs> an ounce to two ounces of, of rum and then the rest Coke. But I think that's the most intricate mixed drink uh, that's been on the podcast so far. Well, if anyone wants the, the, the bitters, also you use a, a few dashes of orange bitters, a few dashes of Angostura. And then uh, Bitterman's Tiki Bitters on top with a spritz of orange. That's the recipe. <laughs> and sounds it's delicious. Delicious, yeah. But it's gone. Uh, and, you know, I, I had to bring it back. Uh, I think it's the, the first episode. No. No. Uh, I don't know. This is also like the third episode I've done within like a week. It's been a whole hazy time. Uh, so, but uh, anyways, I have PBRs for this episode because nice. you can't go wrong with a good old 16 ounce PBR. Yeah, that's that's the classic right there. It's, right. That's actually the first beer I ever drank and I hated it. Um, but then much like Jeff talked about Malort being a, an acquired taste, I just, the more I drank it, the more I was like, that's really good. <laughs> so then- but I also. I also yeah. feel like any beer is just whenever you first started drinking beer, like you hated the taste and then you're just like, oh, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, no. And then you and get used to it and you're like, it. yeah, yeah. Now I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I'm the problem. Yeah, I'm the problem. Okay. It's not the beer. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, that's, that's a little uh, beer uh, drink segment for this episode, but now we're going to transition to my favorite part of these episodes. Uh, which is the reason that these episodes even exist. Uh, this is where we kind of talk about some fun stories from you guys' time of music, uh, whether they're shows, tours, time recording. Um, as I normally say, they can be anything horrendous to tremendous or any adjective in between. Uh, the way I like to think about it is, think about the, the stories that you always reminisce about with your friends. Those are the ones that I that not probably, that I love to hear because those are usually the best ones. <laughs> uh i will say oh. one of them i have two one so with my old band uh the sky we scrape we were playing the house show i think it was in flint michigan and it was a blast like it was like amazing people amazing bands at the end of the night um came to pay out and of course it's like pass the hat type thing anyone that could contribute anything towards our gas tank because we were we did a tour it was like a i think it was like a week or two where we did um the east coast and went up to canada we played montreal 
at Pooza Fest, and then we came down and played Flint, and then somewhere else, and then back to Chicago. So we we're like nearing the end, but we we're like, we need some money for the gas tank. And uh, the folks at this this house show that were just like amazing, they're like, oh yeah, here's your here's your payout. Thank you so much for playing. And I was like, cool. And they like hold your hand up, and I was like, oh hold my hand out that's not not a good sign (laughs) so i held my hands out and they poured like a few dollar bills and a bunch of change and then like a handful of loose cigarettes (laughs) and that was our our takeaway that night where i i don't smoke so that was cool um that's less of like a horrendous story or anything that was just kind of funny that we got paid in loose cigarettes um but one I would say like the the most recent, so 2019, I was in Germany and um, we were playing, uh, we, my old band, Little Teeth, uh, we did like, we we're going to do like a one or two week tour. It wasn't like super excessive, but um, we rented a, like a sprinter type van. So a pretty big vehicle, um, got on the road and then immediately got a flat. So we're like, oh, that's not, I mean, it happens, but it, you yeah. know, that's, so we called the owner of the van, um, who had the German equivalent of AAA. So they had somebody come out and they're like, uh, you know, we can't replace this for whatever reason, or it's going to take a while. So we're going to give you a different van to continue the rest of the tour. Um, so we're like, all right, sure. No problem. Got off the road, started riding on that one. That one got a flat tire. Um, <laughs> But we were close enough to the dude where he's like, I'll be right there. Went with the German AAA, which is called ADAC. Picked us up. Did another like quality check or whatever. And they're like, all right, well, this is the van's good to go. Um, at this point, I, I don't even know if we played any shows. We might have played like two shows on the, two or three shows on this tour. And this was all in com- taking place in German. Um, which I can speak some German. I, at this point, I'm sure I've lost most of it, but um, uh, the drummer of that band was the one that was talking to the mechanic dude. And what was communicated to him, but not to the rest of us was, okay, we put this tire on your van. Um, you're good to go. But after you drive about 50 kilometers, maybe a hundred pull off to the side of the road and, you know, retighten the lug nuts. That's like a a common thing. Um, So we did that. We walked to the side of the road and no one, he couldn't find the, uh, the tire iron, which we found of course, a little bit later. Um, But he was like, I'm sure it's fine. Let's just go. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I was like, Hey man, like you're the one that talked to him. Like if it's fine, it's fine if you feel confident. So we started driving and we're pulling into Berlin, the city. So not like in the neighborhood, but like on the highway. And all of a sudden, like the van just shifts and just metal on metal screeching and sparks everywhere. Um, so we lost the van, the the wheel to the van as we were driving into Berlin in like I don't want to say rush hour traffic, but it was pretty heavy traffic. So like constant flow of traffic, the wheel just like took off in front of us. Thankfully didn't hit anybody somehow. Didn't hit anybody, didn't kill anybody, no damage to property, which is like 
bananas that didn't happen. Pull pull up to the side of the road. Um, finally, like the the police came, uh, took care of us. Like meaning, like they the they're like you're not dead. You didn't kill anybody. We're not going to arrest you or anything like that. And then the uh, AAA folks got there and they're like, yeah, this van's dead. You know, not only did this tire fly off the axle, but since you landed on it with a sprinter and pull off to the side of the road, you like destroyed the axle. There's body work that needs to be done. So it was taken to a mechanic. um, And then we had to continue on the tour. We had to rent two small minivans and do the rest of the tour. So I think we only missed like two, maybe one show. I think it was Berlin that we missed. Um, But it was like, it was terrifying to like possibly have, you know, committed vehicular manslaughter because you never know like where that, where that tire goes. Um, And like, yeah, we missed Jeff. He's fine. (laughs) Um, Or like, you know, how fast we were going too. like that could have easily killed somebody. Um, But it, you know, ended up being okay. But then we had like a GoFundMe to raise the money for the, the damages, which were ended up being substantial because the rental was like through a homie, like it was like through a friend. And so there was insurance on it, but then since it was documented that it was technically like negligent behavior because the lug nuts weren't checked. Um, We were liable for like thousands of dollars worth of damage. Um, And that was that man's release tour. So that was, that was the last full band tour I did. Um, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem. No <laughs> As problem we're about to hit the road in two days. <laughs> well, just make sure you have the tire iron in an accessible, visible spot oh, at all times. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a band, like the band dad, where I'm like, everyone got your seatbelts on. Everyone has their their snacks. Yeah, that that <laughs> definitely was that for... was also me when we were on the road <laughs> yeah. too. So I feel that. But yeah, like definitely, like I uh, already checked the spare. I already made made sure we have everything we need. So hopefully uh knock on knock on wood, we're all good to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Hell yeah. Yeah. No pressure to follow that one up, Jeff. Uh what, what do you what I, do you I, have? It's gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> um for me it's it, it's not really necessarily a show per se. It's it's more of kind of the scene that I grew up with in uh I grew up in the, in the um, northwest suburbs of Chicago, and we had a really cool kind of punk rock scene. And I grew up playing playing punk rock in bands when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And uh, we uh, and and Jason has played at these places as well, like Jason, you know. But uh, uh, we used to play like veteran halls, like Knights of Columbus halls, and and basement shows. You know, we were just kids, so just kind of being a part of that and having a lot of friends in that scene uh, to see other friends and people go on to do great things. You know, like I, I, I grew up with Tim McGrath from Rise Against and like we used to, you know, we used to make flyers together and we used to just hang out together and we used to rent, you know, Knights of Columbus to put on shows and all these 
things. And it's just like all, all the shows we played together doing that. And then uh, the Knights of Columbus was going to stop having shows. And then Tim and I, we started a thing called the NWSUC, which was the Northwest Suburban Underground Collective. And it was him and I and like four other guys and other local local bands that went to like their board and just kind of said, hey, you know, like we're just kids like having a good time. We're not causing trouble at these shows. We're not doing anything. We just want to we just want to play music. And, uh, you know, they listened to us and they kind of allowed shows to continue to happen and like i don't know if they happen anymore every once in a while you hear some shows pop up out there but uh during that time it was kind of a big deal for us and uh so they they like let us have shows again so like one that was pretty significant was uh uh i think it was tim but he was like like we were putting together a bill and uh he was like oh you, you know you know Matt Skiba from Jerkwater, right? You know and all this stuff. He's like, he, he's he's got a new band called Alkaline Trio, and he wants to be on the bill. And we're like, okay. So it's like, I think it was one of Alkaline Trio's first shows. Was like a, you know, a show we all played together, and you know, the rest is is history with 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 with, with all those guys. But it's just, it, it's really cool to just kind of, you know, we were just, you know, like teenagers is doing this thing but like we all even knew that and like we were part of a a scene that was a big deal you know and then so just to still talk to all those guys and just know this many years later it's like ah that was that was kind of a special place like there was a northwest suburb punk rock scene that is kind of you know it goes down in history a bit a little bit now which is you know totally for me it makes me feel good to be a part of that you know yeah that's awesome uh what's it what's like, that band rise against i've never heard of them yeah who was that yeah who were they <laughs> i don't know alkaline what <laughs> right what <laughs> uh no because that, that's amazing because like you always think about like how a scene was or like where where people started out and like you know everyone started out the same way diy as hell and just doing their thing like there was a point where me and a buddy of mine we started you know, booking shows in like, I'm from small town, Iowa. Like I grew up in a town of 3000 people surrounded by cornfields. And we we're like, Hey, like he's in a band. Let's, let's throw shows and get, you know, some people from out of town to like come this way, whether mm -hmm. we book in our town or book in the next nearest town, we'll do something. And like, we, uh, like, I remember the, one of the first shows that we like officially booked was in the basement of a U.S. bank. Uh, they rented out the basement for events and they were like, yeah, you guys can throw a show down here. And we threw a fucking pop punk show down there. And then like the next one I threw was someone was gracious enough to let us use their garage. So we threw a, a, a show in their garage. And like, I mean, that was with, uh, I don't know if you know these guys, obviously Chicago's kind of big, but they were, that was hometown heroes. They ended up becoming bonfires. Um, and then like we started throwing shows at the community center in our small town, which was super weird to think of because people go there. That's where we have like our prom. Uh, we yeah. do shows there. <laughs> and like I had, uh, we had like Firestarter come through. Um, oh, I'm, try I'm trying to think of the, 
there was a band from Chicago, another band from Chicago that we had come through and I, I'm blanking on their name. Um, but they were like a, a punk band. Um, but just doing that stuff and like feeling like we're growing something, whether like, you, like now when I go back to my hometown and like visit, I see these kids that are like dressing like emo or punk. And I'm like, do these kids know like the things that we did to pot? Like, obviously there's nothing going on now in our, in our small town, but, uh, I like to imagine like they don't even know like what it used to be. Yeah. But like, it, it's like, in like Jeff, like you do, you doing all that too. Like for both of you, it's like, no one's going to do it for you. And like, that's the whole idea of DIY. So like, if no one is doing it now, I mean, book your own shit. Like, and yeah. I, you know, Brian Peterson um, is now a friend, but like he, he's, he was the main dude at Fireside Bowl that would book shows there forever and ever and ever and um still runs mp shows productions and like i would go to fireside multiple times a week and just like it's very it's like very formative a formative time in my life and i know like nowadays like he or other people will post flyers of like his hand his handwritten show sheets basically of like what's coming up the next month or two at fireside and people will comment like oh my god like it's crazy to see like every time I die as an opening band, like on this bill, like that's so wild. Or like, I saw my, I saw my chemical romance as an opening band at, um, at the fireside with hope's fault, which is a band that I love. And like, no one was there, but then people will see those and be like, Oh my God, that's such a special time. It's like, it's, it's, it, the special time is going on right now. Like the next, my chemical romance, the, the, the next alkaline trio, the next rise against they're playing right now. So yeah. go support your local scene because that's the only way it's going to happen. Like to look back and be like, oh man, I really wish, I wish I would have gone to those shows to be able to see, you know, Rise Again or like the first Alkaline Trio show. It's like, well, then you should have fucking been there. <laughs> like the scene was there whether or not you liked it. Like, and then now that it, now that it's this big thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, no one's going to book anything for you. Um, so go out and do it and like support your scene and help develop your scene as much as you can. So, um, yeah, that's great to hear. Like in Iowa too, like that's like a, those cities, those towns were like havens of like, there's this one cool town in Iowa doing shows. Let's go play there. Or like, there's like right. somewhere in, you know, Nebraska, that's not Omaha. Like, you know, so, like these little other places that you can play at, um, where there's like a thriving scene. And like, for me, like my, um, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, like we had something similar, but also very small. Um, but it was the same thing. Like my friends and I, we would book shows on a weekly or monthly basis and have like, it was basically like our bands just changing names and playing, <laughs> playing different shows. But then we'd have, you know, other bands that were like much bigger to us at least come through and then to see them go on and do like some really rad shits, bananas. So yeah. I think my, my favorite thing, like, especially like since, you know, since I started the podcast, I've become friends with like a lot of people in DIY, like DIY there's on Twitter or X, depending on how you refer to it now, uh, there's this whole like DIY section. It's, it's, it's great to see like the, the scene, the DIY scene thriving so much. Um, but one thing I love to do is when I find a band and they're like, they list like their town name and like, if let's say like they're from Illinois and they're like, Oh, we're from Chicago, you know, Chicago's got that whole Chicagoland area. But if I see someone that's like, Oh, we're from like 
Illinois City, Illinois. Just like, you know, that one like bumfuck nowhere town. Mm-hmm. And I see that and then I, it intrigues me when I go to talk to them of being like, dude, what's the scene like? And then to hear that, you know, these spots that are small and like, you know, like you said, no one's going to book it unless you do. <laughs> uh, <just> <laughs> uh, like they're booking their own shows and like yeah. making their own scene. Like that's the shit that's super cool to me. Yeah, and like even even nowadays, so like you know, I, we live in Chicago proper, but I'm glad you said that because like I I see so many bands that are like we're from Chicago, and I'm like, Chicago is a big city, but I've never heard of you. Like I'm sure many people have never heard of us, but like, right. and then I'll go and dig and be like, you're from Schaumburg or you're from Geneva, which is where I grew yeah. up. Which is like, there's no shade, there's no shame there, and there's no shade in you know whatever. Um, but it's like you should own where you're from. Like you can be from the Chicagoland area because there's also like um, I saw today, like and I've seen this going on, but I haven't made it out there yet. But there's in Villa Park, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. There's like a thriving punk scene there. They do like punk rock tacos and they do like all this, like these shows that are like put on by people in the community and like they'll have people from Chicago or from touring bands or whatever. Um, and that's great. Like. I, I wouldn't be probably playing music today if I if it wasn't for my local scene in Geneva, St. Charles, Batavia, Illinois, like the Tri-Cities out there. Like that's um, always saying that you're like, you're from the next biggest city. It's like, Chicago is great. I love Chicago. I think it's the best city in the world, right. but it's, um, at least in America, but it's like, it's not the only city. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should own where you're at, man. But um no, I love I I do. Before we like fully end the episode, I do want to say like I really love how we transitioned from from stories into like talking about the DIY scene because, like you said, the next Alkaline Trio, the next Rise Against, is playing in a VFW tonight. hall or they're playing right yet, now tonight. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and only people that are there are gonna know who they were or what's going on. Like the amount of people that. I've seen just blow up within like the last year and like I've I've been lucky enough to talk to them either like on that rise or whatever but like um is amazing and to to at least see them or have any interaction and know of it because you know I'm trying to be you know well trying to go as many shows as I can obviously like we're 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 10 years apart I'm I just turned 31 like I'm also getting to that point where like, ah, it's, it gets hard. It's <laughs> I don't want to go to that show, but uh, there's so many cool things going on and go support those DIY scenes and like, keep your scene going, like just Definitely. keep going. Um, but as we do wind down here, I, I do like to end these episodes off on a high note. And uh, so my question to you, Jason, uh, we'll see if Jeff comes back on, he can answer uh, if he does. But like, what would you say is like your favorite moment um, from your time in death pose? Like a, a moment that you always think back to of like, this is this is it, this is the moment. That's a really great question. Um, I would say, that, so there's, there's a, a couple, if I can like cheat and give you a couple answers. Um, one would be, um our first show ever which was as jeff mentioned that was as we, we we were called big bird at the time but it's the same band um and playing in our hometown at like our hometown 
bar basically and selling it out and like just genuinely like being surrounded by friends that are like just amped to just kind of see what the, our next project is um that was really special um of course anytime we play fest is very very special but like that was like um yeah like kind of kicking it off and like seeing people actually give a shit um because when everything shut down you know in the beginnings of covid i won't say covid's over but like at the you know in march of 2020 um so many people were like oh when music when live music come comes back i'm gonna go out all the time and then you know i would play shows and people would be like well it's cold or it's raining or it's, <laughs> yeah. you know i then there's a new episode of whatever on which are all like i'm not gonna like say those aren't valid reasons because everyone has to live their lives but yeah for for people to like take time out of their day to come hang out and see a brand new band that doesn't have any any music out at all was really 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 amazing um the other moment i would say is like uh we were asked by local h who's like i'm sure you're familiar with them and your, your listeners are but like they were a huge band and like made a huge impression on me in the 90s um but then they're like they're like chicago royalty in terms of like rock and roll um and they're still making amazing music today so you know they they had some like big hits um in the mid 90s but then like they're they're a really 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 great heavy band um and they asked us to play new year's eve with them last year in chicago so we were able to play um a sold out show in chicago supporting local h um at bottom lounge and it was a blast like so we, we got to play with them in uh milwaukee the night before and then in chicago on new year's eve proper and it was just like um very surreal for a band that really had just started and like we went into the studio two days after like we went into the studio on january 2nd so like we had one day of recovery and then went in to that so like there's no reason why anybody should give us a chance um like of course that's an extreme sentence but like it was really cool because like scott from local h saw our first show and he was like he practices next door to us and he was like that was fucking rad i really dig what you guys do um and like he tossed us a couple bones and we got to play for play in front of local h in front of like two huge sold out shows um and then like that's cultivated into like a very genuine relationship and genuine friendship with those guys. Um, I know Jeff and uh, Alex have known uh, the guys in local age for a long time, but like now um, as your listeners hear this, like we would have already been returned from, from tour, but like to be able to do that with them is just nuts. I mean, it's um, yeah. So, and then I'll say a third, <laughs> third one since Jeff's now back, um, was just like having that, um, immediate connection with, with Bob from Brutal Panda, um, which is another dude that like, didn't have to give us the time of day. Like, no, of course no one does, but like for him to hear our record, um, and honestly, Scott from Local H was a, a great conduit for that. Like he's the one that was like you should check this band out. And to us, he was like, you should really check out Brutal Panda. They, they do really awesome stuff. Um, just have a chat with them. So like we, we did. 
and to like meet a label that immediately gets what you do and like believes in you and is willing to you know put their weight behind you and then like to look at the roster of bands on their label is just like staggering so to be part of that was like a lot of I don't know if validation is the right word but it was it was really encouraging to be like welcomed by a new family um especially since like me personally growing up playing punk rock like more punk not heavy punk um so it's it's not like a a world or a, a scene or like a community that like I've been part of before but to just be like totally welcomed and then like beyond that yeah doing this tour coming up with Callenwald City and Local H and Rid of Me and Cherubs like all these just like really really genuinely just like fucking amazing mans um it was great so as I said before, I'm going to ramble until someone else <laughs> stops me from talking. <laughs> uh, but the question is, in your time in Death Pose, what has been your favorite moment that you've experienced? Um, I guess it might be a conglomerate of things, but uh, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Alex, our bass player, is a, a great friend of mine and uh we have both been in bands many bands forever and have worked together and have known each other for many years and just always share stories together about you know who's doing what with their projects and everything and we have just kind of always said for like like you know many years before the start of this we're like yeah we we should be in a band together, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, we should play music together. So we've always wanted to do this. And then the opportunity came about. And uh uh honestly for me it would like like the first thing was like Alex is like I'm starting a new project with a friend of mine, Jason, and uh kind of excited about it, you know, we need a, a, a guitarist, you know, but uh you know, we have, you know, we might have, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to people, but I'm like, that sounds great. Send me the link and, uh, or send me any music that you, you know, is there anything you've done? So then Alex sent me Jason's kind of, uh, Jason does some very professional kind of like home demos where there's, there's really like good, like program drums and everything involved and all the, so then, and it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, Alex sent it to me and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, I'll probably like this, you know, I'm sure I'll probably want to do this either way. But then uh, Alex sent it to me and I was like, oh, th oh, this is really good. You know, like this is, this is kind of my jam. And this is like, the, like with everything from the guitar playing, the vocals, it's very kind of, you know, it, it, it's what I'm into and it, it's like this this kind of just like just kind of screams like a band I should be in you know from all the influences and everything that we all have just kind of from the you know when I first heard it I'm like yeah I think I should be in this band like I, like yeah this sounds great so that was it that was like a that was a big that was a big thing you know and like I knew it was going to be something that I want to do anyway but when I heard the music I was just like Yes, you know, so that was that was really cool. 
And uh, the other thing, and I, I'm sure when I was restarting my computer, Jason might have mentioned before, I, I think I caught the back end of it, but the other thing is, is too, like with Brutal Panda becoming involved, that is kind of a, uh, and I, I, I actually might be repeating what Jason might have already said, but it's, you know, Scott Lucas from Local H has, you know, he, he's a friend of of us and like you know of, of metro and g-man and the whole chicago family you know he's he's he's, he's been a part of that for many years so he's known him for a long time and just for him to hear us just kind of practicing next to their rehearsal space and then just playing that you guys and then he's like oh shit that sounds really good and just kind of becoming a a fan and wanting to help us out has been a has been a huge thing for us because you know so with, with you know putting us into contact with brutal plan and everything has been uh yeah it, it's it's been a really cool thing and it's just it, you know it's yeah we're all you know we're all very grateful for how that came about and and you know and and where we're at now. Now we're going on tour with them, so it's 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 exciting, and it it, it gives us a sense of like, all right, this is a, a band's actually pretty good, I guess. <laughs> like some people like us, <laughs> so we should so we should do something with this. <laughs> no, yeah, those those are those are all amazing moments. Uh, I'm I'm so happy that I got to sit down and talk with you guys like this. One, this has been a great episode, but two, like this album, Midnight Society, is is also super sick, and I'm stoked that you guys are doing, you know, this full actual run uh, coming up and getting to do it with Local H, who is, you know, uh, Jason, like you kind of mentioned, they they've been big for forever, and you know now they've been so instrumental in, in helping as well as you know getting you kind of in touch with Brutal Panda and getting that set up, but like they've been nice and genuine to you guys and not just being like oh no like we're we're the old dogs we're just gonna do our own thing and and fuck these like newer guys but like it's great that either you're able to go on the road with them and do this run and uh i'm 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 honestly just super stoked uh to see what you guys have in the wheelhouse uh to keep going with this with with death pose that's awesome yeah and thank you for taking the time to talk with us i mean i know we're 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 newbies too so i I know I can speak for Jeff too. We we really appreciate you, you know, wanting to talk to us and even listening to the album at all. So it's 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 a pleasure. I'll say that. <laughs> of course, um, if anyone's looking for Death Pose merch, music, or just Death Pose in general, uh, where can they find it? Uh, best place would be through BrutalPandaRecords.com or DeathWishInc.com. Um, so most of the merch will be through Brutal Panda, um, the album especially, um, and then the Death Wish Records has a, basically both in US and in Europe, the white variant of the vinyl, um, available. So that's available globally through Death Wish. Um, and then on our band camp, which I think is, I'm going to just, I think it's Death Pose Band at deathpose.bandcamp.com 
Um, so by the time anyone hears this, we'll be home from tour and any um, remaining merch we'll be putting on there from the from the road because we have some exclusive merch through Brutal Panda on their website, and then we'll have our own um, through there as well. So, yeah. Well, uh, you know, depending on where you found this episode, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I guess X, uh, Threads, or you watch the YouTube version and got to see Jason and Jeff's lovely faces like I did tonight, make sure you check the description below, hit those hyperlinks, go follow them on all the socials, be ready for, you know, uh, new music, new merch, uh, upcoming tours in 2024, and uh, also there'll be links to get all your vinyl needs, uh, you know, because Got to get all the, the vinyl variants uh, for your you vinyl heads. Um, and like I said, all three variants came out sick. So, like, whatever variant you get, you should be happy with. Like, there's no bad yeah. color schemes at all. No, and that's one thing just, like, to kind of bookend that was, like, um, I, I really pushed for the white and black variant, which is, like, kind of smoky and smudgy. And I love how that turned out. But the red, like the Insomnia red one that Jeff showed showed earlier, like that's the the label exclusive one. I really wish I would have picked that one because that one looks so beautiful. And then just the pure white one too. Yeah, so all three of them turned out great. Um, I, I'm one of those guys that's not a big fan of uh, the pinwheel versions um, when when I when I'm getting records. And yeah, I'm low-key happy that you guys did not <laughs> they always come out so weird but that's just my own preference uh and i will die on that hill uh, no i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah everyone go listen to death pose one last big thank you to jason and jeff for spending their monday night with me and i mean death pose 2024 uh is all i gotta say yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um other than that um I appreciate everyone for checking into this episode and I'll catch everyone on the next one. See ya.